You're listening to Grow Yourself Up, a weekly mental health podcast hosted by Kath Cunahan. I'm a psychotherapist, writer, and speaker working in private practice in London. I specialize in the impact of our own childhood on our parenting and how we can heal and integrate our childhood trauma, wounding, and stress so that we can inhabit our full adult selves. Join us each week as we talk about all things growing ourselves up, how we can tend to ourselves in our parenting, generational healing, and overcoming the impacts of childhood trauma. Together, we will become more self-compassionate, connected, authentic, resilient, and heart-centered, so we can live our own full and beautiful lives. As a listener of this podcast, you're welcome to come over and join the Facebook group. So search on Facebook for Grow Yourself Up. It's a private Facebook group of all the listeners. And did you know there are journal prompts that go along with every episode? So sign up for the journal prompts on kathcunahan.com or go to my Instagram, kathcunahan, and sign up at the link in the bio there. And you will get my newsletter, Nurture, Heal, Grow, which contains all the journal prompts. Looking forward to seeing you in the Facebook group. The podcast is produced each week by the wonderful Audio Cafe. Thanks for being here. Welcome back, everyone. It's episode 26 of Grow Yourself Up. Thank you so much for being here with me. I love the community that we're growing around this podcast and for your feedback about the journal questions. I'm glad they are helping you deepen your awareness of your own process. For those of you who don't know, there are journal questions that accompany each episode. And um, you can just email me, uh, kath at psychotherapymum.com, and I will send you all the questions so you can catch up if you'd like to. This is the second time I'm recording this episode because I recorded it last week and somehow my phone didn't record it. So I'm really hoping that it works this time because I, like you, I'm also probably like you, I'm feeling quite tired. It's near the end of the year and 2020, 2021 and 22 have been like quite a, like a world storm in some way. I just want to state that if you're also really tired and exhausted and sort of feeling like you need a break, um, I'm right with you. Okay, so this week we're going to talk about something that's really close to my heart, which is um, needs and how do we meet our needs. Now, if you haven't listened to the early episodes, episodes one to four focus a lot on needs, but there's a lot more to talk about. A number of you have said you really have no idea how to meet your needs. And I wanted to specifically talk about what I call illegitimate needs. So when we feel like our needs are unjustified or illegal, I'm going to have a look at what the definition of illegitimate is to read it to you. But I think quite a lot of us fall into this category where our needs completely exist outside of us and we need to kind of pull them back into us. So let's dip into that a bit more because before we can kind of really meet those needs, we need to make them legitimate in our eyes, if that makes sense. Okay, so we come into an awareness of our needs, first of all, via the way our parents meet our needs. So if we have parents who are attuned and attentive enough, we come to learn through thousands and thousands of interactions that when we're hungry, someone will come. When we are hurt, someone will comfort us. When we're having big feelings, someone will help us co-regulate, will be alongside with us, and ultimately we'll learn about what our emotions are teaching us, and they will help us come back into a place where we are better regulated, kind of return to our window of tolerance. And those are the tasks of early childhood, and they happen 
throughout the day, thousands and thousands of those interactions. If we were raised in a family where we have parents who, so sometimes these might be called narcissistic parents or parents who are very emotionally immature, parents where everything is all about them. It often happens when we have a mother um, or father who is very, uh, also completely self-absorbed, emotionally immature, and who can't see us as a separate being who actually needs either the mother or the father. So they can't see us as someone who exists and who, because of our developmental immaturity, really needs them to push aside their own whatever's going on for them, to actually be present for us and help us in the tasks of growing up. Often we might have a parent who's completely taken up with how much she may need us or he may need us. Often these parents act really selfless, so they kind of demonstrate that they're doing a lot, but it's always put onto the child that what a burden they are, that, you know, this is such a difficult job, this job of mothering, a lot of kind of pushing stuff to the child to take responsibility for. Now, this type of pattern, it's a very big one that gets passed down generationally, because if you've got a parent who's very emotionally immature and who doesn't understand that actually the task of child rearing are very complex and hard and difficult, and that as the adult, it's the adult responsibility, it's not the child's fault. So for example, in my life, it's nothing to do with my twins that it's a lot for me to deal with to raise them. I mean, yes, it's a lot because there's two of them and they're highly sensitive and all of that, but that's not their responsibility. That is my responsibility, mine and my partner's responsibility to deal with. And we can't kind of put that onto them. But if we have parents who are totally absorbed in their own experience and unable to mentalize, so remember we talked about mentalizing earlier on, and understand that the child exists separately from them and has got a different experience of what's going on. They can only sort of see their own experience. It's a lot of, oh, this is so hard for me. Oh, this is, I can't manage this all. Uh, let me try and explain it. But it's important to express those because I find things hard. I find things difficult. And it's my responsibility to deal with that. I can't kind of put that onto my children or blame that on my children. I need adult support around those feelings. But when we have a parent who's completely self-absorbed, they don't own that part of them and they are not mature enough emotionally to understand that this is the deal. Like, this is what you've signed up for. This is the role of parenting. When we've grown up in a situation like that, perhaps we were, often we get gaslighted around our needs because we get made to feel so bad or guilty for actually having any needs, perhaps got heavily criticized. Our needs maybe got made to be felt our needs were invalid. You may have been made to feel like we were a nuisance or needy. And so what really happens is there's a disabling discomfort and mental torture when we kind of think about meeting our needs because those around us growing up made out like our needs, our, our kind of our basic human needs were so complicated and difficult to meet because they were totally absorbed in their own emotional experience. And it's most likely that their parents were like that with them. That's how these patterns get passed down at very, on a very kind of simple level. And so then as adults, we have a lot of mental torture and beating up ourselves around any time we feel needy or we need help from other humans in getting our needs met. Or if we have any lack of perfection, it's really hard to hold because any time we were less than perfect or putting any a burden on our parents, we would have either had what I just talked about, about being criticized, gaslighted, made to feel invalid. And so as adults, also allowing our humanness can feel impossible because as humans, we need other humans. We need, we have like needs for affection. We have needs for help. 
we sometimes need to phone and cry to a friend or we can't get to fetch our children on time for school. So we really need another mom to help us or another dad to help us. We make mistakes sometimes. We drop things. We break things. We miss a deadline. You know, we all do things that are human. And then also we have to ask for help sometimes. We have to be vulnerable. We have to say, oh, I can't do that. Please, can you help me meet that? Or I really need some help. And that afternoon I've got to have a meeting and, you know, I can't find anyone else to look at my kids. Can you fetch them for me? That sort of thing, acknowledging that we can't get everything done by ourselves can be very decimating when we have um, illegitimate needs because it feels like everything that we might need is a burden to someone. So it feels much safer to split our needs off. That's why I've used the word illegitimate. You could also think about them being disavowed. I'm going to read you the definition of, of illegitimate from the dictionary. Okay, so from the Merriam, Merriam and Webster Dictionary, they've got various different definitions of illegitimate, but one of them is not recognized as lawful offspring, okay, because that's often used to describe children, not sanctioned by law, illegal, not authorized by good usage or not rightly deduced or inferred, illogical. So listen to those words, illegal or illogical. Imagine if you grew up in a family, or maybe this is your experience, so you don't need to imagine, but the idea that needs might be illogical or not allowed or illegal, and that is a feeling that many people have, that there's guilt, there's um, a sense of, oh, I can't have these needs. They're not allowed. And and this is a huge piece of integrating our needs back into ourselves. It's it's not something that you're just going to kind of, after you've listened to this podcast, be like, okay, a hop, skip and a jump. Here I am meeting these illegitimate needs. Because when we've had our needs, when we felt like this around our needs, it can feel almost life-threatening to actually try and meet these needs and own them because of the fact that our emotionally immature parent would have made us feel so invalid around these needs. And so there's a huge piece around this, around actually learning that that our needs are valid, that as humans, we need each other. We need hugs. We need kisses. We need friends. We need help. We can't exist as an island. We make mistakes. That's You're not flawed to be making mistakes. You're human. We make mistakes. We have problems. We need support. We need encouragement. We need warmth around us. And so a huge part of this is starting to kind of normalize. Oh, yeah. Okay. These needs are not illegitimate. I'm not weak or flawed or damaged or any sort of adjective like that. You have needs and they need to be legitimized now by you. Actually, that's the main person. Sometimes we really need our own therapist to help with this because it feels so uncomfortable to acknowledge this. Now, I have an image that I always talk about with this, which is that it's like having a balloon that's outside of yourself. And we have to, for these for these needs that feel illegitimate, because they're not illegitimate, let me remind you, they just feel like that. And so we have to get that balloon down, kind of grab it and bring it into our orbit and assimilate it into us. So we assimilate our needs, we legitimize them. This is a term that I've developed, this illegitimate needs term. It's um, part of um, the model that I've developed, so feel free to use it, but just credit me if you're using that term. And you still might not know what they are, so you might not know what's in your balloon. And why would you know this if you've been subjected to always being criticized or having your needs made invalid? The smartest thing to do then as a child is to act like you have no needs, because that helps with your survival. Because if you've got a parent who is constantly haranguing you or criticizing you or saying, kind of what a pain it is to have you, 
then of course you're just going to try and minimize everything. It makes so much sense. And we have to have so much self-compassion around that and to grieve what we didn't get then, because that's a deeply painful place to be. I suggest that actually maybe listen to episode 18, all about self-compassion to really help you as you explore this idea of illegitimate needs, if this feels really relevant for you. Because essentially, if we've received this type of parenting, our needs would have blocked the attachment relationship. And we are always wanting to have whatever is available to us from our caregivers. You know, even if they are drunk and leaving us by ourselves, or if they criticize us, or if they criticize our weight, or if they comment all the time about our food, or if they subtly criticize us all the time, or if they say we're a bother, or if they make us do adult roles, or if they just don't attend to any of our emotions. Children put up with a lot. We're very adaptive because we need our caregiver. So we want to preserve that um, attachment relationship above all else. Mostly because it's too damaging, actually. Well, we firstly, we need them, but also from a kind of a mental point of view, it would be too upsetting to conceptualize of, oh, there's something really like wrong here. My parent is not treating me the way I need to be treated. So what we do as children is we think I'm bad. We internalize that as our issue. And so then part of this here with the needs is just we split them off. So really validate that for yourself. I really want you to hear that and really validate that if this is your experience, of course, your needs would feel illegitimate. To start off with this process of bringing these needs back in, often we have to look to others and start with really with the basics because we kind of have no concept of what it is that we might need. And sometimes we have a very, what I often come across clinically is that we have a very functional way of meeting our needs. For example, around food, We may eat three meals a day, or maybe we literally only eat when we kind of beyond starving because we haven't actually noticed our hunger cues. And often we eat the same food over and over again, and it's not very tasty, but it's performing the function of filling our stomach. So I want to suggest that if this is something that you find yourself in, as in you feel like your needs are legitimate, start really with the basics. Start with noticing what you eat. Start with how do you treat yourself around food? Do you eat healthily? Do you eat food that you find tasty? For example, your breakfast. What do you eat for breakfast if you eat breakfast? Or pick a meal, whichever one of the meals that you eat, and then notice what is it that you eat? Why do you eat that? Do you enjoy that? Is it tasty? Do you notice afterwards, oh, I enjoyed that? Or do you just cook the same chicken and broccoli every meal because you've learned that that's a healthy meal, but actually you don't even taste it? We have to slow down the way we tend to ourselves and notice what it is that we're doing so that we can then gain awareness of, does this work for me? Is this a need of mine to eat chicken and broccoli all the time? Or or actually would I love like, I don't know, like a sweet potato casserole with sausages or do I love roast chicken or actually maybe I really love cauliflower. Like what is it that you really love? And take some time to You know, you can have healthy food that also tastes delicious. Like, does this taste delicious to you? I think one of the places that it's hardest to meet needs when they feel illegitimate is actually in relationship. And so here, I also want to suggest that you start small. You may have very limited relationships because you have not wanted to be a burden. You haven't wanted to tell anyone too much about yourself. You might really struggle with sharing your emotional life because it feels like a burden. In these cases, sometimes it can be helpful to actually go to a group setting and 
start to kind of explore emotions. So you could go to, there's many different 12-step fellowships. There's, there's a fellowship called ACOA, which is Adult Children of Alcoholic or Adult and Dysfunctional Families. You can find a group because then, especially if it feels difficult for you to make friends or to actually allow yourself space, you can listen to people talking about stuff and hear things modeled because it can be really scary trying to start building friendships and to actually build a vulnerability bridge. Because the way we get close to people is by sharing our vulnerability, but that can be, it's a tricky business to negotiate in adulthood. Another place where you can start with relationships is in doing shared activities with people. So an art class or a cooking club or a walking club or anything that feels interesting to you, a hiking, like a meetup on a weekend. And then to do things alongside people week in and week out, that allows the slow building of intimacy so that it doesn't feel that you get too flooded or that someone else might be flooding you. So I guess I'm going to talk more about this topic. I know this is kind of quite a heavy topic and it might feel very scary actually to be in a place where your needs are sort of so separate from you that you don't know where to start. So just imagine, use this image that you're pulling the balloon towards you. You're allowed to. Such a big piece of this is you giving yourself permission to do this and also to know that this won't be a perfect process. So you may stumble along the way with exploring how you how you feed yourself and you may stumble along the way in relationships and that's okay. Part of this is really continuing to come back to self-compassion and really holding on to the fact that if you've been gaslighted, criticized, made to feel invalid around basic human needs, it's going to be very hard for you to meet them. And that doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you. It just means you've got this training in childhood or this kind of message. That message is wrong though, because your needs are valid, you are valid, and your needs are legitimate. Okay, I'm sending lots of love to all of you. I hope that you have a happy week. Take really good care. You've been listening to Grow Yourself Up, hosted by Kath Cunahan. We'll be back next week with a new episode supporting you to better understand and tend to yourself for more heart-centered, connected, authentic, and resilient living.